if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land, we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Bob Fratz Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Hour number two underway now, 11 minutes past 10 o'clock. A little late coming in because we were a little late going out with uh, Jim Jordan. I apologize not because everything Jim Jordan has to say is, I think, of some profound importance. So I certainly appreciate him. One of the things that Jim Jordan said in our last uh, segment, <clears throat> if you weren't with us, by the way, uh, you can listen to that interview and anything that you may miss, by the way, by logging on to whkradio.com and clicking on the podcast page so that you can download anything that you may have missed. Conversations. I highly recommend, by the way, last Wednesday uh, Wednesday's interview with General Thomas McInerney in which he told us specifically about some of the voting machine issues um, that uh, the Trump team is pointing to as being part of the reason why they do not believe the results of the election to be valid. You heard Jim Jordan say last segment that a letter was written by Democrats. He he specifically cited Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar among Democrats who wrote a letter uh, calling for serious attention to be paid to um, voting machine concerns. They wrote a letter to the founder and co-chief executive officer of HIG Capital, uh, which provides the voting machines that we're talking about, uh, stating, in, I'm going to give you part of it, it's lengthy, we are writing to request information regarding HIG Capital's investment in Heart InterCivic, one of three election technology vendors responsible for developing, manufacturing, and ma- maintaining the vast majority of voting machines and software in the United States, and to request information about your firm's structure and finances as it relates to this company. Some private equity funds operate under a model where they purchase controlling interests in companies and implement drastic cost-cutting measures to the expense of consumers, workers, communities, and taxpayers. Recent examples include Toys R Us and Shopco. For that reason, we have concerns about the spread and effect of private equity investment in many sectors of the economy, including the election technology industry, an integral part of our nation's democratic process. We are particularly concerned that secretive and trouble-plagued companies owned by private equity firms and responsible for manufacturing and maintaining voting machines and other election administration equipment have long skimped on security in favor of convenience, leaving voting systems across the country prone to security problems. 
In light of these concerns, we request, we request you provide information about your firm, the portfolio companies in which it is invested, et cetera, et cetera. So I'll stop there because just to get the point, it, liberal Democrats cannot stand there legitimately before you today and say, the election went off without a hitch, completely flawless. What is Trump talking about? He's a dictator. He's just trying to hold on to power any way he can by claiming fraud. There's nothing wrong with that election equipment, right? Or that software. They can't say these things because literally December of last year, 11 months ago, they literally wrote a letter to these companies that maintain and run and operate this election equipment saying, we're concerned about its security breaches, about the potential for security breaches because of convenience over security uh, put forth by cash-strapped companies like yours. So they, one year ago, were really concerned about the integrity of the electoral pro- uh, software, electoral process, the electoral equipment, etc., And now they want you to say, well, Trump is alleging that the electoral software has been breached. How dare he? This is just another example of Trump trying to hold out, you know, be a dictator, be a tyrant, hold on to power, et cetera. Barack Obama, of course, is noted for saying all of that in his interview on 60 Minutes last night. So I find that very, very important. Let's put it that way. I think it's very important that, again, people see the situation for what it is and not what uh, partisans want you to believe it is. Even liberal Democrats a year ago, as recently as a year ago, expressed profound concern about the integrity of uh, the voting equipment and software. And now that President Trump, and again, through my interview with Thomas McInerney and others, you can listen and find out about this uh, through their important remarks and information they are providing, we are learning that, yes, that software was indeed able to be tampered with and set to be used to switch votes from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. All right, now, about um, 45 minutes ago, and I apologize for that, I was playing for you the interview that Sidney Powell, attorney for Trump's election team, did yesterday morning with Maria Bartiromo on Sunday Morning Futures on Fox. And I want to give you the rest of that now, or at least another portion of it before the next break, so that you can hear. Because once again, what the the liberal Democrats and the media, and they are, of course, one and the same, what they're saying is that Trump's team is making all of these allegations without evidence. And I have pointed out time and time again what Sidney Powell points out here to Maria Bartiromo. I'm not going to give you all of our evidence to the media. I'm not going to give that in an interview or in a press conference. We're going to give that information to a judge when we bring these boards of elections uh, uh, you know, to court um, in response to the lawsuits that we are filing. That's when I will tell you everything that we have. And this is a little bit more of Sidney Powell than with Maria Bartiromo. Early December, do you believe that you can present this to the courts and be successful within this just couple of weeks? Well, let me put it this way. First of all, I never say anything I can't prove. Uh, Secondly, the evidence is coming in so fast, I can't even process it all. Millions of Americans have written, I would say by now, uh, definitely 
hundreds of thousands have stepped forward with their different experiences of voter fraud, but this is a massive election fraud, and I'm very concerned it involved not only uh, Dominion and its Smartmatic uh, software, but that the software essentially was used by other election machines also. It's the software that was the problem. Even their own manual explains how votes can be wiped away. Uh, they can put, it's like drag and drop Trump votes to a separate folder and then delete that folder. It's absolutely brazen how people bought this system and why they bought this system. In fact, every state that bought Dominion for sure should have a criminal investigation or at least a, a serious investigation of the, uh, federal, of the officers in the states who bought the software. We've even got evidence of some kickbacks, essentially. I want to reiterate something you just heard for the purpose of um, underscoring it, making sure you understand it. It's in the manual of the software. It details how you can change voting results. Now, why any elections chief or board in any county, any jurisdiction, any state, would buy election software to count ballots in which it details for you in the manual how to cheat with it, how to change votes or delete votes. You heard what she said. It's just like your computer, drag and drop. You can drag things from one place, drop them into a folder, and then delete that folder. It can be done with votes. Why any elections board or, or chief or executive would want to use software that allows you to not just count votes, but delete, change, or erase them is something that absolutely should be investigated. I don't care how big the jurisdiction, I don't care how big the county, I don't care if it's statewide. It can't be allowed. And this is what President Trump and Rudy Giuliani and his other uh, you know, tactical team members here, and we're talking about experts, we're talking about computer techs, IT techs, this is what they are saying happened. To the tune of hundreds of thousands of votes in the state of Pennsylvania, for example, and we all saw the video. We talked about this on the program. I shouldn't say we all saw it. I had to describe it to you because we're on radio. But CNN's own screen during the live, you know, real-time election count, uh, they were updating at the bottom of the screen. We talked about this on election night. When they showed Pennsylvania at one point, it showed President Trump with X votes and President or Vice President Biden with Y votes, and they were a lot less. And then literally went to a few more states, and then it came back to Battleground, Pennsylvania, about three and a half minutes later. And Donald Trump's vote count had decreased by nearly 20,000 votes. Joe Biden's vote count had increased by the exact same amount. And that matters. Because it's like the exact same amount. And I'm going to make up a number here, but it was like saying President Trump, Trump had 19,258 less votes. Joe Biden had 19,258 more votes than he did three minutes ago. That's not possible. And that was on CNN. So what Sidney Powell is talking about here is real. And the evidence that they have, again, will be presented before a judge, not necessarily before a group of reporters. It's 1021. We'll be right back. 
Okay, 1025, I'm doing a lot of monologuing on the program today because there's so much information I want to cover and a little bit of audio as well from Sidney Powell uh, that I'm sharing with you, but I do want to hear from you too. 216-901-0945, we'll get you here. I want to talk also about what's going on. We spent a lot of time on the election. As I said, it's a two-topic show today. I want to talk about what's being done to us and what's about to be done to us. If you're looking for an idea of what Mike DeWine is going to do in the next week, within the next week, probably, excuse me, by the end of the week, all you have to do is look north. Look at Michigan, and you will see what Gretchen Whitmer just did, despite being smacked down in court and having her previous orders ruled unconstitutional, Gretchen Whitmer is still using a very obscure 1945 law that gives the governor essentially unchecked power in the event of some sort of calamity or emergency. I don't have the language, but it doesn't matter. The point is she is violating the Constitution by using some ridiculous law that they are trying to also have changed. But what Gretchen Whitmer has done in Michigan is very likely, and what I'm hearing from people in Columbus, uh, it's it's almost a certainty to be what the same type of thing that uh, Mike DeWine is going to use here in Ohio. Here's what the new Michigan restrictions look like. And I, I'm particularly sensitive to this because my daughter goes to school up there at Hillsdale. And she may be coming home as early as Wednesday if uh, Whitmer, Whitmer's orders are uh, indeed uh, carried out. Gretchen Whitmer announced the following statewide restrictions effective November 18th, that's Wednesday, for three weeks due to a surge in COVID-19 cases. I got to pause here when I say this part. Due to a surge in COVID-19 cases, hospitalizations, and deaths. I call BS on the deaths part. She made a statement that said, if we don't do something, we could start to see a thousand deaths per day. The problem with that is the death rate has continually dropped as the cases have surged because 99.9% of the people who get COVID-19 are not dying. They are recovering. The death rate is plummeting, not rising. At any rate, closed casinos, movie theaters, group exercise classes, ice skating rinks, indoor water parks, in-person learning at colleges and high schools, that's the one that affects, like I said, me or my daughter. Offices that conduct can conduct businesses remotely, business remotely, excuse me. Stadiums and arenas. So what does that mean? Are the Detroit Lions now done? Are the Detroit Lions forbidden from playing at Ford Field? Is the University of Michigan forbidden from playing their games? They probably would that would be a welcome uh, uh, situation for them because they're awful. But it says stadiums and arenas are now closed. High school sports are suspended. Arcades, bingo halls, bowling centers. Modified restrictions for the following. Indoor residential gatherings, which are now limited to two households. In other words, people from more than two households cannot get together in any one household. So in other words, if you want to invite your grandparents and your wife's grandparents over for Thanksgiving... Nope, that's three households, 
Can't do it. Somebody's got to stay home. Bars, restaurants open for outdoor dining only. <laughs> As we head into the into the heart of winter. <laughs> uh, for fall high school championships are postponed. Winter sports again are suspended. Open. Well, this is interesting. She actually does say that gyms will remain open for individual exercise. Outdoor dining, as I noted, remain open. That doesn't do any good when it's freezing outside. Shopping, public transit, and personal care services are open with proper protocols. Manufacturing, construction, and work that can be, can't be done remotely. Small outdoor gatherings. Funerals are still permitted. and health, well, Up to 25 persons. And health care offices. So in some ways... I think um, what Gretchen Whitmer, who has kind of become the poster child for governmental overreach in Michigan, I think she's actually a little bit more lenient than what DeWine is going to be because DeWine isn't going to allow any of those things to stay open. DeWine isn't going to allow any shopping. He said it last week on Wednesday. He said it last week. We're going to have, we're going to have probably, and from what I'm told, again, students are not going to be allowed to go back to school in person after uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, under Mike DeWine's new orders. Bars, restaurants, and gyms will all be closed. At least Whitmer's leaving the gyms open. Uh, And once again, Governor Mike DeWine and his health director are going to be a two-person dictatorship in the state of Ohio. The legislature has no say in this. The Ohio General Assembly is weak. It's weak. It's weak and it's pathetic. Yes, you heard me right, Republican leadership. If you can't negotiate enough votes to override a DeWine veto and actually have some say in how your constituents are governed and what is done to them, then you are weak and you are pathetic. You are of no help whatsoever. But from what I understand, it's going to be even worse for Ohio residents. I want to hear from you next. 216-901-0945. Right back after this. Separated. Okay, 1036 now, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, the answer. <clears throat> we have uh, open lines now between uh, for the next 24 minutes between now and the end of the program, so let's do this together at 216-901-0945, And I'm going to give favor, I'm going to be uh, play favorites here, and um, I'm going to bump business owners to the top of the call list. Marcy, make sure we take note of that. If you are a business owner, I want you to tell me what you are feeling right now, particularly if you're a restaurant owner or a bar owner or a gym owner, three uh, entities that uh, are industries rather that um, Mike DeWine targeted last week when he said, we're going to have to shut you down. By the way, I need to hit this too real fast. Congratulations to those business owners that I just mentioned. Because Mike DeWine said two weeks ago, you're doing a fantastic job. In his press briefing, he said specifically that bar and restaurant owners are doing a great job of keeping people distanced and making sure that they're wearing masks when they're not eating and drinking. In other words, when they're coming in or moving about the the establishments. 
He congratulated them on doing a great job. One week later, he said, if we don't get this under control, we're closing them down. That just shows you how much garbage this is. The one thing, and I'll hit this, then I'll go to your calls. The one thing that I want you to take away from what he said on Wednesday night and then Thursday in his follow-up press briefing on coronavirus, it was when he was asked by a reporter. I don't even think it was in response to Jack Windsor's question. It might have been. But somebody asked him about the plan going forward and why they think this is going to work. Maybe it was Jack's question about masking, about whether or not masks are effective, because um, the press... Why can I not think of the name for crying out loud? The uh, the media representative for Dan Tierney, the media representative for uh, for Governor Mike DeWine, press secretary. There it is. It's in my head, and I can't get the word out. So I'm sorry. Um, told Jack in response to a question that flu and pneumonia cases are down because masking works. And Jack said to the governor then, well, if flu and pneumonia cases are down because of masking, but COVID cases are skyrocketing, isn't that proof that masking doesn't stop COVID-19? It may limit other things, but not COVID-19. And the governor said something to the effect, and I'm paraphrasing it now because it's important to get this out even if I don't have the direct quote. He said, it would be irresponsible of us to do nothing we have to do something to help try to stop this and that's such an important quote you might not understand why and the reason why is what he's admitting is that we have no clue we have no clue how to slow this thing down but it would be irresponsible for us to sit here and say that to do nothing and say good luck everybody so we have to do something what is that something Something that doesn't work, but it's something because you have to do something, right? So we'll tell everybody, stay six feet apart and don't go to restaurants and wear masks everywhere you go. Because we have, and look, that's the same thing that the Biden team will tell you. That's the same thing that the uh, um, uh, mainstream media will tell you, including Fox News. Wear masks. Masks work. Masks work. Masks don't work for squat. And they know it, but it would be, quote, Mike DeWine, irresponsible for us to do nothing. So we have to do something just to show the people that we're in charge. It's wrong. It's unproven. But, hey, we got to do something because we're, we're supposed to. If people are dying and people are getting sick and the government just sits there and says, yeah, I got nothing for you. It's a novel coronavirus. It's changing all the time. We got nothing. The people would revolt. So the people, like the scared little sheep that they are, say, oh, they've got an answer now. They say to wear a mask. Okay, honey, go buy us some masks. Because the government says that's going to be the answer. The problem is it's proving to not be the answer. DeWine himself said that 85 to 90% of the people in Ohio are following the masking mandate religiously. 85 to 90% of them. So if 80 to 95% of 11 million people are following the masking orders, and yet the cases continue to rise, then guess what? The masks don't work. Okay, let's go to the phones. Um, Is this the politically incorrect uh, incorrect mechanic? They just bumped you up to the front of the list, I assume because you are what you said. You are the business owner I know as Charlie. How you doing, brother? Good to talk to you. What's on your mind? So, not only... 
do I agree with what you're saying about the masks not working? I'll take it a step further and argue that if 85 to 90 percent more people or, or of the population is wearing masks, and at the same time the numbers keep going up, if you can believe the numbers, then I would take that step further and say that masks are making people sick. Not only that they don't work, but they're suppressing people's immune system and making them get infected easier. I would agree with that. I think it absolutely, I mean, how do we all become immune to diseases as we grow up through our lives? Because we are inhaling and, and absorbing and becoming infected with small amounts of it. So our body builds up those antibodies and fights back against it. That's how it works. And when you deny the opportunity to breathe in air, which means all of the germs included within it, you are absolutely, as you say, compromising the immune system. And the other part of that, Charlie that I would say is, and you probably don't stand out front, you're inside working on cars in your shop, you don't sure. stand out front and watch this, but I promise you, right. it's just like, you, your shop is just like any other store. If masks are required, people aren't wearing them 24-7, they're wearing them when they go into places when they're told to wear them. So they're reaching into their purse, or into their pocket, and they're pulling out this mask that they've already breathed into and gotten their germs on, and they're putting it they're on their face the as they walk into your place, and then they touch stuff, and, and with, with the yep. hands that just touched their mask. If they didn't have to put on a mask, they wouldn't be touching their mouths, and they wouldn't be putting whatever the hell is in their saliva on your doorknob. And that's the, that's well, the not only that. thing about it. It is counterintuitive. Go ahead. Not only that, but I can tell you right now, there isn't going to be any mask enforcing taking place in this, in this business because last time I checked, I, my job is supposed to repair automobiles. I'm not an agent of the state and the executive branch. I'm not a law enforcement officer, and I sure as hell didn't expect to be deputized last Wednesday uh, when when the governor decided to get on his high horse and make us his police officers. And I and and, and I'm not being compensated for that either. So, if, if my view, I think that's you know call it call it what you will, but to me that sounds like if somebody force somebody to do something they don't want to do and not compensate them for it. The last time I checked, that was slavery, and we abolished that in the 1860s. Charlie, listen, um, what you are doing is what business owners all over the state need to do. They need to say, we will not comply. They need to do exactly for all the reasons you just listed. And I know that if only one or two businesses tell the government to go pound sand, uh, you know, the, the government can come down on them and say, we're going to fine you. If every business in the state banded together and said, you are not going to tell me that my business is not essential, that my business and my income for my family and my employees, that we're not essential. We are going to stay open because we are a free country. They can't do anything to anybody. So I hope you right. and I hope other people, I hope other people like you, other people listen to you um, and, and say, we're not going to comply. Keep open. This is what this is what Dr. Scott Atlas said, and they tried to accuse him of trying to incite violence when he said the time is now to rise up against all these closures. He didn't mean violently. He means defy the order. Stay open. Rise up. Stand civil up disobedience. Right. Stand up for that civil de bingo. You nailed it. That's exactly what you're doing, and that's exactly what I hope others do as well. Thank you, Charlie. Yes, sir. Thank you. Charlie calls himself the, uh, appreciate the call, calls himself the politically incorrect mechanic, but he is also known as the owner of Charlie's Auto Repair in uh, Lakewood. So you just kind of file that away, okay? Vince in Westlake, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Vince, go ahead. Hey, Bob, how you doing today? Um, oh, it's, it's great segue after Charlie 
and what you just told me about, and which is what's been on my mind. You and I have talked uh, copious amounts of times, and I've talked with other hosts man, about this stuff. We're in an echo chamber. We know what's going on. We know we're being suppressed. We know our rights are being denied and everything else. Now, when are we going to do, as a good doctor suggested, rise up? It's funny. Uh, Trump had a, uh, a rally in Washington, I believe it was, this weekend. Tens of thousands of people there. Everything was peaceful until Antifa and uh, BLM shows up. Nobody says anything about that. God forbid if we as conservatives stand up and voice our concerns. They try to shout us down. They try to control us. And I think that's what a lot of us are succumbing to, that fear of that. But we've got to stop doing that, Bob. It's like one of my brothers said to me, one of the Americans going to show up. When are we going to stand up and say, this is wrong. We have a constitution. And I think you mentioned one time before on the show, I believe it was you or one of your guests talking about Title 18, Section 242 of the U.S. Code, that supports that constitution, that you can't withhold people's rights under any color of law. And this is what they're trying to do. They're shutting these restaurants down, businesses down, schools down, everything else that. And you called it perfectly. This guy in Columbus, Dwight, I, I, I don't know what God's name his issue is. And again, I'll just leave you with this. When are we going to stand up and when are we going to band together, do it peacefully like we do, because that's what we do as conservatives. We do it the right way. We do it peacefully and take our rights back. Thanks, Bob. Very well said, Vince. I appreciate it. Yeah, and we are talking about 100% peace. And I shouldn't even have to say that because, look, that's who we are. You know, conservatives are peaceful, reasonable people. And when we see something that we want to protest, we protest it reasonably and peacefully. We don't attack. We don't smash. We don't set fires. We don't pull people out of trucks. We don't block traffic. We don't do any of those things. We don't knock people unconscious because they disagree. So everybody should know that Scott Atlas was not talking about a violent uprising when he said we need to rise up because he's conservative. An uprising for conservatives means peaceful protest. And in this case, it also means civil disobedience. It means uniting our businesses together and saying we will not shut down. We will not surrender our rights. And getting a message to the Democrat in charge of the state of Ohio, Mike DeWine. And let's just be real. I'm tired of calling him a rhino. He's not a rhino. He's just a flat-out liberal Democrat. Memo to Mike DeWine. The Constitution is not suspended during a health crisis. Okay? Maybe nobody got that message to you. Maybe nobody in your administration has the guts to tell you. The Constitution is not suspended during a health crisis, you little weasel you. And we will not comply. 1048, right back. Ten fifty-two. Let's get a few more phone calls in here. We'll go to TJ in Cleveland. Hey, TJ, you're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, you know, Bob, I was watching something last night, and they're talking about this Dominion, and they were connecting the dots. And it seems like Diane Feinstein's husband is a major shareholder, you know, in this company. Uh, the Clinton Foundation is involved in this company, and it's a George Soros spinoff company. And this was the same voting machines that were used in Venezuela when Hugo Chavez got elected. 
Now, I don't know if this stuff is true, but if it is, this really stinks. I have read that too, TJ. You're not alone. I have read that too. I don't have any confirmation, but I have read that. And then another one I heard that uh, Trump was going to replace, like, his secretary of defense, and they were explaining what's going on. He be- they believe he's going to win this re-election. And then they believe the violence is going to get really bad on the left. And he wants to enact uh, the Insurrection Act. And what that means is if these people come out really violent, he can actually send federal troops in to restore order. Now, I want to see Atifa and I want to see BLM go up against the 101st Air, uh, Airborne when they're crawling up there behind. It's not going to turn out good. But I still think we're going to pull this thing out. I think they're going to show such massive fraud that took place, you know, in this election. They even found in, uh, real quick, in Oklahoma, a red state like that, after a wedding, they were throwing stuff away in a dumpster. They found a bag of ballots, and wouldn't you know, all of them thrown away had Donald Trump. Of course. So, I mean, this this is massive, and I wonder if this has been going on for quite a while. Was this used in the midterm elections? I think in 2016 it wasn't used that much because they were so totally convinced with their polls that Hillary was going to win, you know, in a landslide, that they didn't need to cheat that much. And then come 2020, they pulled out all the stops. And I just hope this comes, uh, you know, out aired to the American people. And I believe Trump won this by a massive amount when all this stuff is said and done. Well, I don't know how massive it will be. I think it will have been comfortable, to be honest with you, if the truth ever comes out. Thanks for the call, TJ. I just don't know if it's going to be able to be done by December 14th. We have less than a month, uh, and it's got every, everything is going to be certified by then. So we've got less than a month to do this. Uh, it, it shouldn't be that difficult, to be honest with you, when you're listening to Sidney Powell and listening to uh, Rudy Giuliani. It's just a matter of getting their date in court. They say they have, <clears throat> excuse me, they say they have, uh, you know, all of the information, all of the evidence that they need to prove what happened, that the vote counts are not legitimate in a series of states. And I just cannot wait for that to hit the courtroom. The left, including Fox, by the way, the left stream media, uh, including Fox, is trying to say that unless they come up with evidence on the air or to the media, that they will not listen to it, they will not air it, they will not listen to the allegations unless they provide the evidence, unless they lay out their case that they're going to lay out before a judge um, to the media. And that's why I have stopped watching all of them. I watch OAN, and I want to tell people, like, I'm not endorsing because I'm not paid by them. I'm just telling you as a real you know, interested observer, I watch OAN, which is One American News. It's channel 347 on uh, DirecTV. I don't know what it is on the other services and providers. Uh, and I watch Newsmax TV, which is channel 349. If I'm looking for real news that isn't slanted by left-leaning uh, anchors and editors that you see, yes, on Fox and certainly on all the others, that's where I go. And you should look for it, too. Lisa Woods in Medina on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Lisa. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, our ability to uh, to have meetings is under attack for sure. It's really, really hard to find a venue. Um, I was so sad to have to cancel Saturday's meeting, but a lot of people still showed up, and we did uh, have a smaller meeting at an alternate um, location because of it. But look at all these divides. You know, Copper Top's always been so good to us, but, you know, they're under the gun, Um 
of being shut down, and the owners are never there, but the workers are, and they're just trying to keep their jobs, so you just can't get mad at them. It's not their fault. So our First Amendment rights are... And I'm just so sad about this, but I would encourage people to stay um, in contact and have smaller group meetings. Don't let up, because while everyone's focused on the hysterics of what's going on, there's a lot of stuff going on that we could stop if we just focus. And, of course, you know me, you know, the stuff on education is just appalling. And they're pushing in a leftist agenda while everybody's focused on other things. So please don't quit writing, especially to the State Board of Education, about the 1619 project. That's still, um, they're holding on to that so tight. People need to know this because this is what causes, you know, these kids to act out and be violent. I'm sure there's, you know, um, folks that have studied the psychological effects of this type of teachings, and this causes this this, uh, violent mob action in the cities. The only, you know... uh silver lining if you will to all of these dark clouds that you're you're talking about right now is the fact that if they do shut down the schools at least the parents can look in and listen into some of the stuff you're talking about with the instruction and the curriculum that they're being given at least parents can count and thank you so much lisa it's always good to hear from you um uh, it, it's it, you know that parents can watch the lessons being presented to their kids over their shoulders on their screens, and then they can perhaps you know alert the authorities and do what needs to be, needs to be done to counteract that. I've got time for one more. It's going to be uh, Ted in Chagrin Falls. Hi, Ted. You're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, Bob. Ted. Uh, <clears throat> did you, are you still there? Yeah. Go ahead, Ted. I'm waiting for you. Okay. Okay. I uh, I was listening to Fox News yesterday. I don't. I not. I've turned them off, but I caught this one here. One of the announcers okay. was talking to a doctor, and he had said, "Just wait two more months, and everything will be all over." That caught me, and I had to rewind it, and I recorded it. Do you have an email I could send it to you at? Uh, tell you what I'll do. I'm going to put you on hold right now, Ted. You can ask Marcy, and you can get an email address from her, and you can send that to me, and I'd be happy to have a look I'll at it. Thanks so that, much for the I'll call, send you my that friend. Portion that bit. Thank you, yep. sir. That, that that sounds good. Thank you, Ted. I appreciate it. That's all the time we've got. If I left you on hold, my apologies to you. Uh, but we will be back tomorrow. Tomorrow we've got Dr. John Davidson. I'm sorry? we got Dr. John Davidson coming on tomorrow uh, from uh, uh, University Hospital. And also, of course, tomorrow is Kirsten Day. So we'll see you tomorrow morning, bright and early. Have a great day. Stay safe and stay free. Bye-bye.